the next few minutes, I want to share with you um, just part of our story. I've been in a city called Potchefstroom. Ma'am, I, I will not forget about you. You, you were out, and, I, and you were just visiting, and, I, and we're so impressed. Visitors to singing, so like, just phenomenal. It's outstanding. It's amazing. Um, I, I want to release a faith word over you. And some of you might have heard in the years past, I shared some parts of this. When God sent us into our city, we did not want to go into that city. Uh, we actually was, was quite, we, my wife and myself just got married in 1991, and we actually wanted to go back to Johannesburg, where she was lecturing, and I was, um, I was, I was running a business. And, uh, and we just didn't think we want to go to this small town where nothing happened. And so God sent us into the city. And, and I had a word in my life. I, I, I got radically saved while I was at university. I was quite involved in uh, politics, like a new Nazi movement. Um, in the beginning, I said it's like Kluge Klan, but it was nothing like that. It was nothing. We didn't have white clothes. Nothing. We had we had armbands with seven 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 on it. Um, and I was at university, and I got a scholarship to 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 initiate these things. And God saved me out of that. And He said, "I am. I'm calling you to build bridges between people, nations, and generations." And so when we came the very first Sunday to the church we were at, so we were placed as chaplains. I was a chaplain in the army, and I was, uh, we were placed in a, in a certain congregation. And the very first Sunday, normally the college students attended that church. It was a renewal, non, it was a denominational Pentecostal type of church we were part of, which is different than American Pentecostal. So, um, um, so don't be have fear. Um, and when we were there, there were no students. No students. And we, we asked, so what happened? Why is there no students? They said, well, the previous Sunday, that university, that was 1992, was the first time that the university allowed people of color to study there. And uh, there was a lady that came from Namibia the country north from South Africa. And she was, her home language was Afrikaans, Dutch, like Pastor JJ and Esther speak at home. It, and she was from this church and she attended, but it was communion Sunday like we had today. But instead of having little cups, they had one big cup. And with strong things inside that you can share it with people. And it was before COVID and all those things. So, and then the deacon shared it. And when he saw this young African lady, he said, there's no way she's going to share it with the white kids. So he took the cup away, didn't serve her. And the very next Sunday, I'm coming. I'm actually on my way as quick as possible back to Johannesburg. And then we knew for, for a moment like that, God called us to stay in that city. And she became a leader on campus, and 
we still have contact. She's now back in Namibia. She's a lawyer and a daughter and a son attended some of the things we did. So it's just an amazing story. But because of that, we knew God called us to build bridges between people, races, and generations. So today I want to speak to you how to have faith like a mustard seed. And we're going to really use the next few minutes and fast track on as much as I can share with us on this. In Matthew 17, verse 14 to 20, there's a few foundational scriptures I have to give to you. It's, the scripture says, At the foot of a mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came out and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Say with me, they could not heal him. Now, here's the key. When you have someone that has seizures and they fall into fire or they fall into hot water, it's going to affect their skin, the way they look. And, and, and you, you don't know where to touch. So his disciples wasn't, wasn't bad. They're just like, there's no sanitizer yet, Jesus. We don't have masks. We don't know how to pray. And what they saw with their eyes affected their hearts. And many times what we see in the natural will affect how we live by faith. Now listen how Jesus had a discipleship moment. Aren't you happy? You went on in church that Sunday. He said to him, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and left him from that moment the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Jesus talks to his disciples saying, you corrupt. Now, where I live right now, I have the total effect of corruption. We have, I think that's what I learned now. We call it rolling blackout. We call it load shedding. Between... 10 and 14 hours a day, we don't have electricity. And not consecutive, it's two hours here, four hours there. It's just, and then and people say, why? Corruption. There was corrupt officials that didn't maintain and was corrupt in government. And now we have a power problem. My wife said to me yesterday, I said, Willem, I don't know what, it seems like our refrigerator is going because the food is going off. And we've lost just all the salads and all those things because of the long seasons it's off. Now, that affects us to have water, running water for our bathroom. So we start to use swimming pool water to put that in. Luckily, we have a swimming pool. But it is, um, I've lost literally two laptops in the last month because of power surges. So, so I understand corrupt. I feel it. You don't know how, how thankful I am to be here and there's no power cut. It, and, and then I get a notification just before I came into the church. Power cuts are starting again at home. So it's, it's, I understand what corrupt is. And faithless, you know, you don't have faith. So Jesus is saying, you corrupted your heart and you became like people who don't know me. And then he gives a clue. And this, this is the core of the message today. 
You don't, they said, why can't we heal him? He says, because you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here today, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible. Say that with me. Let's put a big slide on. Where's my slide? Lord of mercy, I'm preaching my harder. Just keep preaching. I want, I want. Guys, I have an amazing presentation. My daughter-in-law, my son, son made an amazing presentation. Listen, we, we will go after, after popcorn. We will continue with the message. Say with me, nothing would be impossible. In Luke 1, 37, we read that... Um, no. Pastor JJ, did I send you a wrong one? Okay. I can, I can resend it and rewire to you, whatever, if you, if you need it. Luke one thirty seven. See, for with God nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. The angel was speaking to Mary and... And he introduced her that she's going to have a baby. Now this is, this is core, because he said to her that nothing will be impossible of God. Now those, that word nothing in the Greek, in the original language, comes from two words. It says, no rhema, no freshly spoken word of God will be able not to accomplish what it's sent forth to do. It, it, it literally means a freshly spoken word of God has the ability to perform on itself and, and to reach um, people. We have music now. Um, <laughs> is it the rodeo's music? Lord, bless the rodeo. May they multiply and move to a new venue. <laughs> Which is, it's like heaven to earth, pain, go, healing, come. It's like one of those things. In, it's the wrong message. Sorry, sir? It's, no, it's, it's looking like this. I can, I can go continue. It's totally looking like this. It's a wonderful presentation. It's an amazing question. So, so we, no, we're going to quickly do it. It's fine. I, I, I need this. I, I cannot continue if I don't have it. I, I came all the way from South Africa. And they will understand that when I came from South Africa, I wanted to share this. Export? Export or share? Yeah, export. You, you can go. Okay. I, will, I have it in my mind. So when we, when we talk about nothing will be impossible, when we came to Potterstrom and we had this, this moment and we had a handful of students, that you had about 15 students and then about 100. When I talk students, it's like college students. Um, we, we really had opposition on the university campus. So we had, um, because we were multicultural, my son Julian, maybe some of you remember him, he was literally kicked out three times out of nursery school. 
because nursery school, not not like. Can you, have you ever heard a child being kicked out? But because of religious things, they said no. He cannot mix because we are part of a multicultural church. He's not allowed to mix with the rest of the children. So he had to sit on the side. So, so I was shot at. I was threatened. Uh, just because we, we thought we were doing the right thing. And, and I remember I'm, I'm sitting at a, at a meeting with the university president, and we have this moment where he, he talks about how the university, and at that stage the university had 4,500 students, of which about a 900 was freshmen. And we had like a list of 100 of them. We sort of thought they might be part of us, not part of us. And he said to me, he looked at me in this meeting, we had this meeting of all the reverends, and he said to me, Reverend, I don't know where your kind of people will come from, but they will not come here anymore. They are not coming here. And I was barely out of university myself. I was 27, 28 years old. And I remember, we're suffering. It's hard times. We, 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 are, we have been kicked off campus 19 times, losing venues. You get in a venue, it's locked. Get in this place, the, 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 the security came in. And it's 19 times. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is what God called Celeste and myself for. We, we sacrificed in so many areas to do this. And I, I remember going back to, to Celeste, my wife, and to one of our student elders, and he, he came from a wild Pentecostal church, a real one, and he said, Pastor, then we will call them in from the north and in from the south and from the east and west. <coughs> now, honestly, until Apple had a compass, I wasn't sure where it was north. I'm not even sure now. Where's north, <laughs> south, east, and west? And I just, no, it's, let, let's start to call it's four directions, and if it was north, east, or what? Uh, we just went like this, Sunday after Sunday, prayer meeting after prayer meeting, calling people forth to come. So the following year, there was 1,100 freshmen. The year after that, 1,800. The year after that, 2,500. The year after that, 3,500. The year after that, 4,500. Currently, our university is the second largest university in South Africa. We have close to 12,000 freshmen, 28,000 students full-time, 70,000 students. You know what? If the administration doesn't want to grow you, then you start to call in the people that God wants to send forth in your city. And you start to live by faith, trust God, to see the impossible become possible. And so, so faith in this sense is, it was the same thing, and I, I will show you right at the end, how God gave us the ability to say, start to pray and bless your city. That's what I did for the Rodia, did it for Rodia. <laughs> I know it might, I haven't been to a Rodia. It sounds, it sounds exciting. People are, are, they have guns and shoot or one of those things. Like real, no, not like that. It's not like that. But it just, it just sounds like, 
John Wayne moment. Right? Just give me, uh, imagine, just every time when I see someone with one of these cowboy hats, man, I think, yeah, that's, that's so impressive. But I think when I go back home, I think, what happened to you? Why do you have a hat now? Why are you walking like you're a cowboy? Where are you from? What happened in your life? So it just saves a dream. Maybe, Natalie, I need to buy one, and I send it to you. When you get me at the airport, you give me my hat. And then while I'm here, I walk with my hat. And then when I go back, I put my hat back, and I go back. Something like that. She's just like, oh, that, that will be fantastic. It will be wonderful. One of those lifelong dreams. So the Bible uses four terms, the principle that the just or the righteous one shall live by faith. Remember, in the beginning of Matthew, he said, you're faithless and corrupt people. Why don't you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Now, how do I get faith? Romans 10, 8 says the following. The word is near you, in your heart, and in your mouth. That's the word of faith that we preach. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So whatever word you keep close to you will form your word, will form your world. If you, if you want to see change, you need to change the words, the information close to you. If you allow fear, news, the social media to be your first thing that you experience in the morning, it will form your world. If you are a Christ follower, a Christian, I want, I want to challenge you. Christians should read their Bible. You know, and it's wonderful that many of us know Psalm 23. And wonderful that many of us know Jeremiah 29, 11, which is the most memorized, quoted scripture that there are. For I know the plans I have taught you, plans for good things and to prosper. But it, but it was written in the midst of a crisis of a nation. And so, you know, in Psalms, I think it's important to, have to meet the friends of Psalm 23. There's 149 other friends that would love to meet you, that you, that you meet with them and read, read them. So faith comes to you by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this is what I feel I need to release into your midst today. A word of faith, a word gives you faith. Faith brings you righteousness. Righteousness means right standing. And when you have righteousness or right standing, you have the ability to speak. And so if you want to become a doctor, a medical doctor, you study, you receive words, you grow, you become confident, and then you, get, you graduate, you intern, and then at a stage, people call you a doctor, and they come and consult you, and you start to speak out of your position of the word that you received. So as a Christian, it's the same thing. And that's why the Bible is so clear that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that's the, the righteous shall live by faith. I want to illustrate this. Gabe, I'm sorry, I'm not sure where you are. 
Are you somewhere? Would you join me quickly here? Thank you, Gabe. You're an amazing guy. He's getting married in four weeks. Isn't that amazing? Come on. In four weeks, this hand will be changed, but hopefully the heart will be more changed. I want to show you how faith works. Gabe, go, go back. That's Gabe, if you didn't know. So Gabe was in my future. Gabe, I want to ask you to come back. But you can walk a little sort of halfway, slower. You can come. Gabe was, no, no, quicker than that, that's quite slow. Gabe was in my future, a word. And I called him, and it became flesh in my world now. When I start to call forth God's promises, they are in my future, and I'm calling them. You remember, I had to say, step a little up. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was patient walking, because first time he ran. And I had to direct, come, 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 I need you. Now, the word is here. Gabe, please go back and get the rodeo out of us and get this thing sorted. The word comes to you when you receive the word close to you. It forms your world. And when your world is formed, you start to build something else and you start to step out in faith. And from that position as a child of God, you start to speak to things. And you don't partner with them. Years ago when I ministered in Eunice, I was actually in Lafayette. I was Bruce. I was ministering there and I was praying for people. And they told me they are sick and ill and they, they want me to come and pray for them. They thought from Africa, it must be like the, the medicine man, the miracle man coming in. Ooh, coming in, you know, some sort of thing. And I didn't have one, but they thought, you've got a strange accent, maybe you're like the medicine man. So I I played the role. And then then I will come and pray for a person and say, well, actually I've got this pain, but I have to use that medication, and I have to use another medication because this got a side effect and that has a side effect. I thought it's like bad Facebook friends. You know, why don't you start unfriending them? You know, if you have bad Facebook friends, just block them. <laughs> don't keep them. And sometimes we just start, need, need to start to block the negative things and say it's not welcome. So in this city, God has called you to call forth a blessing. Trust the Lord. That wherever you go, wherever you do some business, that business that's not here, that God wants to send forth, it will prosper. Trust God that this will move beyond the average of the economy. Trust that you will live on God's economy. And not the, of the economy how people say, oh, things are going back and crowded. Have you seen all these things closing down? That's, you know what we start to say? But have you seen how many new things are starting up? Instead of partnering 
with unbelief, start to partner with belief and start to call things forth from the future into the natural and then send it back. And so for this city, I believe that God wants to bring you to a place of, of blessing, of bringing you to a place where you can be a blessing to so many others. And this blessing doesn't mean that it's, it's only financial blessing. It, it, it's that if you're not healthy, you cannot be a blessing. And so we need to trust God that healing will come in this house. We need to trust God. And if you've been fighting for many, many years, certain things, I'm not here to judge you and say, well, you know what, bad. I'm here to partner with you and say, my faith is with you that we're going to see these things changing. And it might be an area that I'm battling with. But I'm just the delivery man. And you are becoming delivery people. You're working for FedEx or Amazon and start to deliver. Amen. Amen. Start there. And this is today what I feel like God wanted to release. There was many things more, but I will come back for those things. In your new building. So God is going to release a life over you. Some of you will see it's like papers being changed. It's like you've been dealt a bad deck of cards constantly. We're going to unframe that today. So since we're doing this interactive, can you, you don't need to stand again, but if you can when I mention these things, I'm going to pray over these things. And we can just do a, a massive blocking and unfriending. Is that okay? And then we're going to invite the right friends. Is that okay? Okay, so you, if you experience in your family a calamity, early deaths, it's like accidents, uh, it's, just like, it's just like a pattern of, of things happening. It's like, Tragic things just happening. Early deaths, a pattern of that. I want to, I want to pray and we stop it. Is that, is that, if that's, you don't need to worry. I can't see well if, if you raise your hand, but if it's you, just quickly do that. As long as we just come, we thank you for long and full lives. We thank you, Lord, that accidents and calamity will not be part of the story of the members of this church. We thank you, Lord, that you release life, life, life. We thank you, Lord, that we cancel the assignment of the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. If you had, I don't, I'm not sure how, what I call it, if you become bankrupt or insolvent, um, well, bankrupt or insolvent, you, you had in your family or your friendship that people start a business and it failed. It just fails. It's just constantly failing. Now, I would always say is get wise wisdom, get discipled, because sometimes you need to do it together in a team, and, and you're supposed to, to work together with other people. But if, you, if there's a pattern, like in my family, there was a pattern. The story was in my family is that 
none of them owned land. They always lost it. Some unfair situation, some cousin, some nephew, some government official, something happened, they always lost land. And, and when I realized this word of faith, I said, well, it's going to stop. It's going to stop because God wants to make us to bring a legacy. So if you had that thing of, of financial disasters or bankruptcy or things happening in, as a pattern in a family area, just raise your hand. We're going to stop that thing. We're just going to send it back. We thank you, Lord, for heavenly economies being released. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your favor on that. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to pray for the following area. If it feels like you've always been seen over, you, it's when there's promotions or there's appointments, it's like you or your family are not chosen. If somebody comes on the side and they get the position, we're also going to stop that. Because God wants to give you places of influence. So if that, you want to, you're ready to be in a place of influence, just raise your hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for divine favor. We thank you, Lord, that we stop what the enemy is, is mean, meaning for harm. In Jesus' name. Now, now we're going to invite new friends. Okay? New friends. New friends with this. We're just going to invite life, opportunities. And this is my very first thing I'm going to trust God for. I've, I've done this, I think, once in the, in the U.S. before. But I want to do this here today. And, and I want you to hear my heart, and then I will give to Pastor JJ, and we can close. I want to trust God that your current tithe your current income, your current income will become your tithe. <coughs> so we're not going to take your earrings, we're going to zap, we're not going to do any of those funny things. I'm trusting God that finances will not, no, no longer be a problem. We are trusting God that this new buildings, the land, the, the new building, that God is going to supernaturally resource it. And instead of making some of you feel like, oh, I've been in the church and, oh, it was ugly. We, just every Sunday after Sunday, we're just offering after offering. It felt like no word. It's always about money, money, money. If you don't like that, I also don't like that. But God can change supernaturally income. Supernaturally. If your heart is right. You know, my current income will become my tithe. I prayed for a gentleman last year. He's a single dad. He lost his wife during COVID. And he's a faithful guy. <coughs> he earns $300 a month. He said, would you just pray for me? I said, of course I'm going to pray for you. And we trusted God. And week after week, he will come to me and say, how's it happening? God is good. God is good. And the finances? Um, no, no, it, it will change. The week before I get, came here, he told me, Pastor, I supernaturally got a contract. Supernaturally got a contract. You know what you prophesied and prayed for me? 
My tithe will be my current salary. Currently. JJ knows one of our pastors. He's seen it. Twice. Seen it. <coughs> so sorry. So I'm going to trust God. For kingdom release. If you're willing to say, okay. So this, I want you to be clear. I'm not asking you to do something foolish. I'm just asking you, are you a candidate that God can trust you to release life in the area that desperately needs radical generosity? <coughs> I'm so sorry. If it's you, let's stand. If you're one of those candidates, just stand. We're not taking your name, we're not taking a picture, we're not doing a DNA test, nothing. While you're standing, many times people will say to me, hey, I so want to visit South Africa on a mission trip, and I invite you to come this year. And they say, oh, I so want to, but oh, I don't have the money. I say, do you have a passport? Um, no. Well, that's where you start. <laughs> you start by getting a passport. You want a plane ticket? No, you start by getting a passport. Then, then you start to trust God for the plane ticket. Then you start to trust God for the rest. It's, it's, you have to start somewhere. And this is the start. Remember this day when the PowerPoint didn't work. <laughs> but remember this day that in the midst of this, God is releasing a life. So I thank you, Lord. I especially pray for families that have experienced that they have been blessed, but then members of their family started to draw and take kingdom finances out. We thank you, Lord, it stops in Jesus' name. And we now release a group of kingdom finances that will touch this region supernaturally and that their current income will become like their tithe in the years to come. I bless them. I bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen.